welcome to the Exponent 2 podcast that we're calling XPod 2, a feminist space for people along the Mormon and LDS spectrum. I'm Carol Ann calling in from Minnesota. And there is a baby in the studio. Who else is here? Ramona and Heather. Ramona, introduce yourself. I'm back again by popular demand. Live and direct and very itchy in Barbados. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm Heather and I am in Provo. We're excited to um, record our second second podcast. Uh, today's focus is on romance novels. During our first podcast, we figured out that not only is Ramona an avid reader of romance novels, she also writes some. And Heather is also into romance novels. I am the like prudish, I thought it was bad to read romance novels kid who's like, oh, understand that's not bad anymore, but like still haven't haven't dabbled really there. I've read like a steamy book or two. Um, and that's maybe where Jane Austen is. So we're excited today to uh, explore romance novels with y'all. Um, awesome. Yeah. This is going to be fun. This yeah, is going to be fun. So I, I've read something that is somewhat relevant to today's topic of romance novels. It was for a book club and it was Better Sex Through Mindfulness. Um, written Ooh, by Canadian. interesting. It's a, hey, that's good. I, I, I didn't finish the book. I have about 70, I was 70% through on my ebook with Hoopla. When it, it's like a Libby like library app. Anyway, it seems like this uh, Canadian doctor is trying to get the word out, and so it's like free on Audible. So, um, oh, nice. recommend oh, checking it out check there. Out. Yeah, better sex through mindfulness. It also just like sold me on mindfulness because I'd like taken a class before, with, like childbirth, mindfulness, childbirth, things like that. Anyway, just so many nice reminders about like <laughs> ways to be more present, not catastrophizing as much, but. Um, just, yeah, some nice things where it's like Viagra for women, they tried to make it, but then figured out like, wait, actually it's bigger. It's not just um, help you, like how, like how to increase women's sexual desire. It can't be done with a pill, but it can be done with mindfulness is something that they're um, exploring a little bit more. Ramona, what have you been reading? Um, I've been reading a lot of school assignments. Um, yeah. I had a midterm this week and I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure I bombed it. But you know what? You can't win them all. Um, so other than that, I've been reading Red, White, and Royal Blue, which is a romance. All it's right. going to be an adaptation. Um, I can't remember if it's on Hulu or Amazon, but it's coming out pretty soon. And I like to be one of those people who says, who's kind of like the book snob that says, oh, mm -hmm. I read the book. The book was better than the movie. The so because of that, I'm reading it so that when it comes out, I can just say, oh, yeah. <laughs> have expert knowledge you know i, like that. I love I like it that. i love it um so Ann, the the book that you were just talking about it reminds me a lot of a book that that i read this last semester um when i was still in school come as you are by yes. um i think it's emily nagoski it's you know they've got this awesome wrote the nagoski intro poster. to she wrote the intro to this book and she was like okay. finally this lady wrote a book i'm so glad i've been telling people yeah Yep, go on. Yeah, no. So it's it's fabulous and um 
and you know, yes. as a marriage and family therapist, one of the things that I end up doing is, is I have people coming in and telling me the nitty gritties of their sex mm. life oh, and then looking I at me and saying, okay, <laughs> and, then kind of, and then saying, okay, fix me, you know, oh. and the, the, one of the most satisfying things is I have this, this young couple, um, and after, you know, several, several sessions, they came back in and they said, we discovered that everything we were taught in books and media and everything was a lie. Communication yeah. is sexy. Ah, yes. Oh snaps, snaps, yes. It is. Because <laughs> in, in books and movies, it's all these furtive glances. They just know. They really you know, love you. They know. Yes, they'll just know. If you have to tell them, then that means they don't really love you. Diminishes and it. they will know exactly how to sexually satisfy you. And, and I'm thinking, most, a lot of especially younger people, they don't even know what they want. How do they think right. their partner somehow psychically knows what they want? Yeah, they right. don't know how to really communicate their needs. Like, like, they just run off of what they think it should be, and then they don't communicate their needs to their partners, and then... You know, yeah, you get all that yeah. sexual inc- incompatibility and stuff like that. Is well, even being comfortable things. in your own body is, like, mm-hmm. such a big thing, too. And I feel like well, comes Yara talks about that and then this mindfulness one, too, of just, like, even figuring out ways, like, practice non-sexual touch first. Just mm-hmm. to, like, yeah. get reacquainted with, like, what feels good in your body. Yeah. 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 No, and, I mean, we, we just... This is a topic for another day, but, I mean, we just yeah. get such awful messages. If you're raised LDS, it's sex is dirty and gross. Save it for the one you love. Yeah, yeah. I, like I remember. kind of the bottom line. I remember sitting in the institute class one time. I think it was the eternal marriage class. And without naming the individual, this person was talking about how when they got married, they literally were afraid of their spouse on the wedding night Mm -hmm. because her mom Mm -hmm. had never prepared her for those conversations because it was like sex is always for marriage. It's always for the institution of marriage. And then she got, sorry, the person got to their wedding night and they were like petrified. And I'm like, okay, sometimes I'm really glad that I was raised outside of the church because you get introduced to that stuff really early for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, a totally, di- yeah, a different perspective, potentially a healthier perspective. Not even potentially. I'm, yeah, <laughs> again, this is for another episode, but figuring out, like, what body positive sexuality and, like, how, how are we teaching that? Like, for, like, teens or, like, d- developmentally appropriate, I heard through... A woman in my yeah. ward in Cambridge who yeah, no, and- works for the church that they're working on like a sexuality um, course mm-hmm. with the church. I hope it goes okay. I'm a little nervous. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, okay. that's much needed. It is. It is. And I would actually make a plug for romance novels, in this sense, because I read them when I was, I can remember I was in like seventh grade and I discovered like a Harlequin romance, which, oh, wow, you know, I, I mean, the ones back in the day were good. 
so yeah, they're really fun, and I mean, oh, super sexist, like like always. Oh, you know, yeah, he was were... really old, and she, you know, she had to be taught a thing or two, but then he had to be rescued. But reading them was good because it it allowed me in what felt like sort of a safe right. space to kind of feel some feelings and to kind of you know get an get kind of an idea of what that some of that stuff might yes. be like. And I think it was helpful for me. I think that it, it kind of mm-hmm. destigmatized sexual yeah. feelings and just mm-hmm. made them feel normal. You know, yeah. this is just part of experience. Yeah, I I was oh. I think I was younger than seventh grade. I think I was like maybe seven. Um, my mom had like these little magazines that you could get, like just love <laughs> stories, not even like any sort of sexual contact. Yeah, these yeah. love stories that were formative really years. And I remember my dad realized that I found them at like seven and eight and nine, going up in those ages. And my dad was like, "What is she reading?" Um, but but like I, I when I was reading it, I really didn't have much. Um, mm-hmm thoughts behind it because I just enjoyed reading anything but by the time I got a little bit older and I saw my mom maybe with like a harlequin romance because that's where we all started out Mm -hmm. like harlequin presents um I can't remember the other names but there's a whole like you get like a certain story in a particular series yeah and I remember my mom bringing those home and then when I got to a certain age I was like mom I want to buy my own so we started with the harlequin romances for me (laughs) <laughs> but, I, but I think that because I grew up in a place where mm. well, sex back, and back to the book uh, romance the better sex and mindfulness more, they talk about erotica and porn an and reading it like that I was like oh I, I didn't church. understand the difference okay but erotica more focused on like the woman's experience the setting the feelings so so many things that can like build like a positive sexual like arousal when porn is more focused on like genital penetration like things like that so it's fun for me to read that difference and think like oh yeah how do we support more erotica let's do this yeah 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 i, I definitely and i i guess as a writer of romance i've always struggled with that um, I remember going to a meeting a couple of months ago and asking mm-hmm. somebody, like, these are all members of the church who write romance as well. And I was like, can LDS writers that write romance put sex in? And they were like, yeah, you can. And it's always been a guilty thing for me because I've always been like, oh, if I write about sex, right. that means I'm, I'm bad or something. And I'm now trying to unlearn that. But at the same right, time, so in it's, a way, so it's difficult a fantasy to, like, because you're thinking of it and creating it actually putting and writing it down. And so I feel like I've had to be like, oh, yeah, is fantasy you shouldn't be good? talking about fantasy bad? You know? Like sexual yeah. fantasy. Um, to bring one more churchy thing in that I brought up at my book club last week was um, thinking about f- the For Strength of Youth pamphlet. It's changed a few times over the years, but when I was a teen, there's a line that says, or teen and young adult, do not do anything that arouses sexual feelings in yourself or your partner. And so my like 
twisted workaround was like, I'm not feeling aroused and would like figure out ways to disconnect, disassociate, even though it wasn't trauma, but I was like, yeah. I'm not getting aroused. Are you just like a keep making out? I was like, ah, what did I do? What was I taught? How did I twist it? Oh. I felt like that's taken some time oh to reconnect. That's oh my perfect. gosh. Boom. <laughs> uh, and that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember sitting in a class, um, my friend, Anna, um, she goes, to, she went uh, to Utah State and I remember sitting in on um, class that she had. Passionate the kissing. And they were talking about, oh yeah, don't <laughs> kiss. And if it's a kiss, it has to be a yeah. peck. It can't be a, 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 a deep kiss, a passionate kiss. I was like, okay. I was like, you're talking to adults that, like, get married in a month. Like, they're going to be doing more than guessing. Please put the right messages out for the kiddies that they, right. they don't feel and like they, if oh, Heather, please. they feel affection towards their partner, that it means that they are bad or they're sitting in some way. Well, and Carolina, what you were saying about the difference between erotica and porn is that... Um, mm. Things uh, don't have to be explicit to be super, super sexy. I mean, I've read things that were really explicit that left me absolutely cold. I'm like, I got nothing. Like, this this is yeah. not working. But I have this this funny thing happen. When I, I moved to um, Massachusetts for my husband to go to grad school, right, I was VHS, still in my 20s yep. and then, you know, lived there forever. And this is back in the day when you would go to the library and you would borrow videos. Not even DVDs, people. Videos. They're like oh, 10 videos. rounds in the video days. Yeah. And <laughs> yep, so yep. my girlfriend and I, uh -huh. we would like go and we would get Pride and Prejudice. The, the Colin, the Jennifer Ely. Oh like, my gosh, that's the best one. The fabulous one. Don't talk to me about the Kira Knightley one. I will vomit. Like, I can't I, handle I that one. I mean, I love the Kira Knightley one too, but like, oh, Colin. I can't, I can't do that hmm. one. So we're watching this video. And there's mm -hmm. two parts in the video when, of course, when he, you know, comes out of the, the water with his shirt on, you know, the, the pond on, um, you know, Pemberley. But there's this scene where um, Eliza is helping um, Georgiana mm -hmm. at the piano. And one of the Bingley sisters says something snarky about right. um, George Wickham. And Georgiana, like, fumbles on the piano because she's, you know, that's traumatic for her. It's a trigger for her. And Liza just, like, soothes her and helps her. And then Mr. Darcy from across the room gives Eliza this look that is, like, pure passion, love, uh -huh. admiration, everything. Oh. And in that part of the video, the whole thing oh. would warble and stretch and would be fuzzy. And we realized that women were pausing rewinding and rewatching over and over yeah. that little loop and you know and so we could right. watch and see where other women had been captivated and captured so again the scene where he comes out of the water uh -huh. but that piano scene there's connection admiration that scene yeah. but that is it the is. scene that got everyone going they're like yes take me now <laughs> I, and i think yeah. yeah, and I think like when they reproduced that um, that scene for Bridgerton season two, 
um, where um, Anthony falls into the water and you see the Sharma <laughs> sisters have a very like they have the same reaction but Kate is obviously the one that's denying everything Kate is like her eyeballs and her nose holes are wide open yeah and and you can see like she's yeah. like oh yeah telling her sister you know behave that's not how a lady behaves and then there she is like there was only the two of them in that scene for me yeah um, yeah and it wasn't a sexual scene, mm-hmm. but you could feel every single emotion that she had in that moment. And I mean, with Shonda, Shonda Rhimes, charge the we energy. We need to talk. We need to talk. She is <laughs> okay for fun. Just Heather, you said you have a. Moments, is this sexual. a nail polish color so or oh, a porn video title? Yeah. What's the? Go on. All right. Yes, polish or porn. So I'm going to quiz you two. I'm going to I'm going to read one off, and you each have to vote. Okay. Um, let's do because it's pink. That's my guess. Um. Too. All right, we got to remember Aphrodite's pink nighty. I think that's a. I think that might be a nail polish. All right, I'll go with Ramona. <laughs> it's, nice. it's polish. You're absolutely right. Okay, Lady Black Rose. Oh no, that's a porn. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's certain keywords that when you hear, you're like, yeah, that's immediate polish. All right. Okay, the thrill of Brazil's too broad. Uh, That sounds like a porn. It's it's polish. It's a polish. It's porn. Polish. Okay. Okay. Polish. (laughs) Heart to the heart. Heart with a heart. I'm just gonna stick with porn on that one. Oh. Polish. What? Oh wow. Okay, one more. Let's say porn. Cream unfortunately. Dream. Phew. Ha ha. These are. I always laugh at nail polish it's names. Nail polish. But I never thought to compare it with the porn. <laughs> Love it. Oh, well, wait. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we used to, when I was in, I was in grad school, we used to play oh. a game where we'd throw out the title of a very um, classic book, and then we'd have people try to turn it into a porn. Just with Ooh, the title, and the one that I always nice. remember was very, the real Death comes for the Archbishop. My friend turned into Beth comes for the Archbishop. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, now we've been talking about porn a lot. William one Conrad's novel Heart of Darkness. Which, like, and we don't have to for Heather. Two things. One is like I love your story in grad school about the porn presentation. But also I was looking for a different yeah. article with an exponent <laughs> from back in the day. And I found, saw that like 2011, there was like an issue on porn. Do you remember? I would love to hear your thoughts from that issue in the magazine. And then versus like with your... 10, 15 years later, your um, therapist yes. hat. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, one of the, I was an associate editor at the time, and one of the reasons that we decided to do that is because um, that is a time when the church really started to, I think, take seriously right. some of the stuff, um, the just the real rise in what what the church was calling and what a lot of people were calling porn addiction. And they started like um, some 12-step programs. And so we decided this is a topic that is impacting a lot of people. We need to take it on. And so we had women talking about their own issues right, with pornography. Right. Yeah. And we had, I think we had some men, right? We just had a lot of different ones. And we tried as hard as we could to have it be non-shaming. That was something. And it was really interesting because... I'm not going to name names, but um, in my ward, one of the members of my stake presidency was there. And I shared with him, because this was an online issue, I shared with him a, a link to the online issue. And I said, this, is, this could really be a great resource for you to share with people. Oh. And he was so strange to me. He told me, well, maybe you should be attending this because it seems like you're obsessed with pornography. Mm -hmm. like, he just went a little nutty on me. Like, it was not received well. And then about a month later, he finally clearly read the thing and then reached out to me and was like, this is the greatest resource we have. We're sharing this with everyone. I mean, it was so nutty. It was the, the whole experience was so nutty. It was like, he and like, did I'm not he want... Actually, like read it a group of feminist like, women off, like this didn't come from the to, church i can't read it to have so, like, anything have to offer to this conversation oh yeah so then like yeah so if a man told him to read it he'll yeah. do it but i think it's because i think the state president read it and liked mm -hmm. it and then went to his counselors and said this is a resource use it <laughs> he needed to keep you in yes life. When I did, I was called to repentance and told I needed to go to 12 steps. Or possibly my husband did, because clearly, you know, no one could come. Yes, yeah. So that, that was sort of, so I've always had an interest in, in this whole concept, because, you know, for some people, it really is just something that they, they get sucked into and then can't get out of. So um, being a marriage and family therapist, I start doing therapy. My first two clients that I have <laughs> both mm -hmm. tell me that they're porn addicts. And, and I'm like, I have the only, I've got nothing. I, like, I have the 2011 Exponent online issue. Like, that's the only resources. So I was taking a research class, and we had to dig, dive deep into a topic, into a research article that really explored it. And I thought, ah, that's what I'm going to do, is how do you treat somebody with, um, who considers themselves to have excessive mm -hmm. porn usage, that by their definition, I'm not calling them a porn addict, but from their own perspective, <laughs> it's something that they would like to have a little more control over. So, and our teacher says, and these have to be interesting, because research can be so dry, it's all these graphs, it's all of these, here's how we collected our sample size, like, it's not really fun. So she did said, you do your presentation, you know your this has to be interesting. No? You have to include okay. video. Awesome. I need okay. visual aids. And I'm yeah. freaking out. Like, how on, I can't have visual aids. No, no. But, yeah. but she was a stickler. It was like there was a rubric, and she was going to check those things off, and it didn't matter. So I, I did the porn. 
or, or um, polish banged out. That's how I started out. <gasps> and then I even Googled stick figure porn. I've... Oh my gosh, Carolyn, I am not easily offended. I was offended by so much of the stick figure porn. Like, how can you be so graphic with like five lines? Um, so I found a few things that, you know, kind of worked. And, you know, and I'm telling my husband that I've got to do this. And he's like, don't worry. I'm going to show up in the middle mm. of your presentation dressed like a pizza guy. And I'm going to, you know, like ah. bring in a pizza and say, who ordered the large sausage? You know, and I first start laughing. He goes, or, well, you know, medium. Like, we just, I'm like, okay, no. Do yeah. not show up in the middle of my presentation. Yes, presentation. Yes. But being a good Mormon woman, you often would have to, when you teach Relief Society, like, you bring a treat, and, and if you're really yeah, clever, yeah. it's sort of puns. Like, you have, yeah. you know, if it's on visiting teaching, then it's somehow, I don't know, whatever. <gasps> like, don't be an airhead. Do your visiting teaching. And then you, you know, pass it out. I brought charmed you did blow it. pops. Good work. I'm, I'm so sure the professor is like, the I didn't think that. I <laughs> so everyone was cracking oh. up. I thread that needle. Got an A. Like, I didn't think that. Oh my gosh. She was dying. She was totally dying. She was like, okay, <laughs> this is awesome. I just figure. want to chime in. Rule 34 of the internet is so if you can think of a thing, there is pornography remember, of that yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's so, like, oh, yeah, sure. like, what's the space of like. That explains uh, your. Body positivity, sex no, positivity, it's... but not like distorted <laughs> with porn. And, it's, and then I'm sure there's just so many layers too of the like. Shame, and is it? Yeah, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. It was Ramona was talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Start over, Ramona. Okay, so when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, obviously that was a global a global phenomenon, Mm -hmm. but. Um, at the same time, that kind of led to some harmful rhetoric in terms of the BDSM community. Um, they were saying that Fifty Shades of Grey was abuse, not consent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's things like that. Sometimes you can't just take a, a book because it presents something and say, oh, yeah, this is the way it should be. Because when I read it myself, as a romance writer who has fallen way off the spectrum of what was good to read, I guess. I, I mean, when I read it myself, I was like, okay, no, this is not consent. This is abuse. Mm. Um, so I made it very difficult to then have people say, oh, yeah, this is so amazing. And I'm like, oh, no, it yeah. isn't. No, so my... Yeah. My quick story is Fifty Shades of Grey. I did not see it. A friend asked if I would like take it the movie with her, and I was like, "Sure, happy to support." And so we just like talked like this isn't consent. And some pastor buyers were like, oh. "One pastor buyer wrote, like kind of whispered to me like, thank you.' I was in an abusive relationship in the past. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, yeah. I hated. I hated the book. I hated the movie even more. Like usually mm. with me, it's either I love the movie and I hate the book. Or whatever, vice versa. And I hated both equally. Um, so I just, 
I don't know why it ever got popular. I think it because it was a Twilight. People saw it as an extension of Twilight. Twilight mm-hmm. was but it, it was Twilight with sex. Yeah, it was Twilight with sex. Yeah. Basically. Oh, so let's get Ramona for our listeners out there who might be new to romance, including me. What would you recommend as like good entry points or like and Heather, if you have some ideas too of like what like what are the happy, healthy, consensual, sexy books out there that we should be partaking of. Um, let Heather start with that one because I'm probably going to lead them halfway to debauchery. <laughs> we want to go there. <laughs> so, I had a friend recommend that I read Court of Thorn and Roses by Sarah Moss because I am, I love fairy tales. Like, I okay. love sort of mythology and stuff that's like rooted um, there's a, a writer, Naomi Novak, whose her stories are, are fabulous. Um, it'll, you know, be a little bit based on Rumpelstiltskin, but with like a Czechoslovakian oh, mythology yeah. twist in it. And so this Sarah Moss, you read the first one and it's, it's very Beauty and the Beast, but then it takes this turn. And, and, and one of my clients, I discovered that one of my clients was reading them and she referred to them as pixie porn. Ooh. And and fair, fairy fornication, so uh-huh. um, they're very steamy. But the stories themselves are really really fun. Lots of mm-hmm. strong female characters, mm-hmm. and um, so if you're not squeamish, those ones they'll totally hook you in. Cool. Yeah, if you want to go a little bit darker and you still like your retelling of fairy tales and lore and that sort of stuff. I would suggest a touch of a touch of darkness by um, Scarlett St. Clair, but that's if you really want to go the deep end. All right, <laughs> that is you. You have no shame. You read it because you have no shame. But if you want to start innocently, um, I know a lot of people start on webtoon and they read like the little comic little things on there. You can read Lore Olympus. Um, that is the same story, but for general education. So, right. I want to make a plug for a book. It's called Chef's Kiss by T.J. <laughs> Alexander. And you've got a, a non-binary, you have a, a bisexual character, and then the love interest is this non-binary character who is so delightful. Oh. And it just... It totally is all of your regular, normal tropes, all of the meet cute, so I hate you, and, you know, whatever, all that stuff. You're judging me. Um, but there's this expansion into, you know, like, we all feel love. We're, we're all attracted to each other. It just was, it was very delightful for me, and oh. I thought this would be a good entry point for people who maybe want to get a little bit past just the boy-girl thing. And, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 I'm heterosexual, and you know, you don't have to. All of us know we don't have to completely agree with and identify with characters in order yeah. to slip into their shoes and see world the world from their eyes and uh, be like, oh, yeah. I get that now. I can see how I can I can see that. And so yeah, I awesome. I like that book, Chef's Kiss. Chef's Kiss. Yeah, and keeping on the chef the chef kind of line. <laughs> Um, there's a story called Yes Chef by my good friend we've been writing together from back in the day on Wattpad. 
Um, her name is Linda Virgie. She writes really complex storylines and she wrote another book called Daddy's Home, which is really, really good. She will give you enough sizzle. Hmm. She will not she will not give you like a burn, but she'll give you enough sizzle. Uh, <laughs> steamy. I'm loving steamy, um, sizzle, yeah. burn. What is the what's yeah. the spectrum? What like how would you so it's like jalapeno okay, so like next sizzle, to a sizzle gives you like the warm fuzzies. Right. Um, burn is debauchery. And we okay. not take you to about debauchery. I'm trying to. Right, I'm trying to see. If, I'm trying to see mm-hmm. if people from that line. Um, and then there's another book that I really liked. Um, it's called Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. I really love that book. Um, and that is the second book in a series by her. Um, and she wrote. I think this. I can't remember if this this one that I just mentioned or the first one she wrote in the series. Um, it's going to be an adaptation soon, so read it before it becomes a movie and they ruin it. Okay, okay one more I'm going to recommend, because I have a 90-year-old mother who, um, I, who I give my, she shares my Kindle with me, and, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know how to download a book. She doesn't know that if she touches it, it will download it, so I yeah. only download stuff for her <laughs> that I want her to read, so... So often I read things I think, okay, mom would like this. So there's one called The Switch by Beth O'Leary. <clears throat> and it's about a woman who lives in London and her grandmother's kind of out in the country. Both of them have some kind of hard things happen in their life and they switch lives. The grandma goes oh. and lives in her flat with her roommate. Oh, that reminds and me of that movie. It is. It's a little bit like the Kate Winslet. Yeah, um, the holiday. Cameron Diaz, the holiday. Oh right. Like it's got a little bit I of that flavor. That and there's there's romance in it, but there's nothing explicit. Like again, mm. my ninety year old former State Relief Society president mother <laughs> could could read it. Um, but it's that that's a fun one. Yeah, that that movie, The Holiday, got me a very bad crush on Jet Black that has not disappeared. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yes. I showed my girls that movie, and then they all became obsessed with Jude Law. Uh, Yeah, I love Jude Law, but Jack Black does Jack Black is darling in that movie. Mm -hmm. So I am not, I have to confess, I am not a fan of the Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, they're cringy. They don't don't do anything for me. So my girls like to watch them, and and I was like, now Mama's picking one. We're watching The Holiday. And this is going to kick the butt of all of those. <laughs> yeah. Other I, mean, ones. I find that Netflix has been doing a good job with the Christmas movies. They've been a little bit better than the Hallmark, like maybe half yeah. an inch better than the Hallmark yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, I did see the Lindsay Lohan Christmas. Oh, one. I did. comeback I one. It was cute. It was cute. Will it yep. solve world hunger? No, it won't. But it's something yeah. to make your cold, dead heart feel something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, you know, no, I, I can't envision myself working on a Christmas tree farm. So they just, yeah. they just I'd be the person who'd be like, go back to the city with the dude that has a job. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> like, what are you coming here for? They have high-speed internet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Caroline, we also saw Happiest Season. Oh, Happiest Season. It was Which a really is... fun uh, fun one as well. Um, what was the meat cute The meat cute What is it? Uh, There's no meet cute it's a oh it's meet the parents it's meet it's the family meet the but they yeah. 
the one one woman is out, the other woman is not out, and so oh, I was like, oh, that's my friend, oh, yeah. and then kind of that dynamic. Uh, of, okay, okay. Oh, I'm your one. girlfriend. That's on my list. And yeah. it's Bella from uh, Kirsten, Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Oh, I saw wow. that one. Oh, I wait. Is that that what's that's not her right name? Yes. Yeah, it it's on my list of movies yeah. that I have never watched, and it's written by a very funny comedian. So the weird, the weird sister in it is the writer of it. So oh, it, and wow. this is David from Shit's Creek in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, David is in it. Which going back to the Lindsay Lohan movie, I felt like the like the mean boyfriend was the like fake British. David yeah. and I was but like, no. like I feel oh like always, they always put the fake British person in the movie. I'm like, are we supposed to root for him because he's posh? Yeah, yes. we just love the accent. Love yeah, the accent. All yeah, which probably so does not work funny. for you, Ramona. You're just like, yeah, oh. you're like hey, shackles come up. <laughs> yeah, oh I, um, I feel like if most of the time the romance stuff that now I'm into is the foreign language ones. I find they do a better job, like Whoa. the movies and stuff. Um, and there's some really good, like, Muslim shows on Netflix that are really, really good. Okay. Well, at yeah. some point, we'll have to talk about the Korean dramas that people Oh, are oh yes. Mm. Korean dramas. Got, yeah. And then, going back to yeah. Muslim for a second, Rami, has everyone seen that? No. That one, like... Our joke is like every Mormon needs to watch it because it's kind of like was well, like being religious in the modern world and there's oh. like there's some like sex in it and some confusingness and but it's yeah we should should definitely talk have about a, a movie club about that instead of book oh, club yeah or it's, sorry, it's, it's a TV show so it's okay I, of course I heard it in, them interview the guy on NPR everything I learned ha, I learned ha, from ha, NPR yep. yep. So. Oh, I used to listen to NPR religiously for one of my classes, and I just have not given it the time of the day after that. But if yeah. I have to do it for a class, I will. Oh, my God. It's like my background. I just like, my I life. don't have to read it. I can <clears throat> listen to it. Like, talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I think, a lo- like, the last suggestion that I have, like, I, I know people are kind of concerned about the books not matching the adaptation, the Bridgerton right. books are amazing. Okay, amazing, good to amazing. know. Book three, which focuses on... I, I talked about this. Like, I love me some Bridgerton, okay? Yeah. Um, but, like, book three with Penelope, there is so much goodness in that book. Okay. Hey. You just need to read book three if you don't read anything else. Like book one was okay, and, book two was all right, and then book three you get to it and it's like okay. And is, Pen- is Penelope the actress who plays her? She was in Dairy Girls, correct? She was in Dairy Girls and oh, she was I in love um, Harlots. Okay. Like I, I got Girls introduced too. to her through Harlots, which was a show on BBC. Okay. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I love fine. Dairy Girls. We, we know. Dairy Girls definitely needs to be an episode, please. I can yeah. talk about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Okay, we unfortunately need to wrap up our show, but I am assuming we'll talk about romance books again. Um, let's do a quick wh- wh- um, wrap around of everyone can share one more thought. My last thought is remembering that my mom's sharing that, like, oh, your grandma likes to read romance novels, and that, like, blew my mind. Yeah. Many, I learned about that many, many years ago. My grandma's been dead for 15 years, but I was like, wait, what? And like, I remember feeling that so shocking, but also like makes sense. Like when you're an old lady repressed growing up on a farm. Yeah. Read your romance yeah. novels. Yeah. 
Romano, final final thoughts for our episode. My last final thought is that reading a romance novel will not damn you to hell. Ha ha ha. Read your romance novels. Learn about yourself. Get connected. Enjoy the literature. Yeah. Don't let somebody come and tell you and, and have to tell you how to connect with yourself. Connect with yourself first. Amen. So that's my final thought. Love it. Heather, final thought. My thought is don't hide your romance novels. I, I know yeah. that in certain crowds, people feel like, oh, it's a little embarrassing. And I'm just like, you know what? You can read. Well, I was going to grab a, a, a you know big fat Tom Moby Dick, but then we're going to go down the whole porn <laughs> route again. Um, <laughs> you know, you can... You can read your serious stuff, and you can read your Salman Rushdie, and you can also read Emily Henry. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. No shame. No shame. No shame. And you wrote up the last podcast of, like, a diet of different different books. Yep. And if, if, you, meet, read, you, read, and if you read your romance novels in public, make sure you have a really good poker face. That's all. <laughs> Ooh. That's all Ooh. <laughs> I like it. Well, as a reminder, this is XPod2, the podcast of Exponent2. You can find us at Exponent2.org. That's ExponentII.org. Roman numerals, not the number two. Um, you, and we invite you to subscribe to the magazine, subscribe to the newsletter, subscribe to the blog, um, support us on Patreon. Um, we have writing workshops. Um, you can submit a guest post to the magazine, to the blog. Uh, we, you can volunteer. We donate to our 501c3. We don't have a million dollar endowment or billions in the bank. Thank you, Ramona and Heather. So good to talk to you today. Thank you. Thanks to our shadow producer who shall not be named. And thank you for your invisible labor. Man, we're making a man to our invisible labor. <laughs> we, see, we see you. We see you. We see you. I will be of service. We see you. Just stay on that pedestal and just keep doing a really good job. What you hear it? Exponent 2. Exponent 2. Exponent 2. Exponent 2. Exponent 2.